the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, if you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you're going to love hearing the latest in the world of food. First, do you like to treat yourself a little bit on Fridays, celebrate payday? Well, Wendy's is doing it for you. They're giving you a free Frosty every Friday in June. And there's no minimum mm. order. The only catch is you have to place the order on your app or uh-huh. you have to get it through the drive through So don't go inside and expect your free Frosty. Okay. Second, the FDA is warning you not to eat cicadas. Remember I told you there's recipes out for why, it? Why do they need to tell people If that? you're allergic to shellfish like shrimp or, or, or a lobster. <laughs> They say they're related, so it could give you an allergic reaction. They both have exoskeletons. Yes. Good job. (laughs) Sixth grade science. (laughs) And finally, in the world of food, it's the latest food item that went viral on TikTok. Yellow mustard on watermelon. Ugh. (laughs) I don't think I could even taste it. That's like... That's defiling watermelon. Yeah. If you're going to put yellow mustard on something, put it on your cicadias. <laughs> <laughs> I read a blog, though. Someone's like, oh, no, the vinegar and the mustard and the sweet and the and the watermelon, it's something no. about it. It's no. really good, but I don't think I could try it. That's someone it. Duping, trying to dupe you into trying it. <laughs> <laughs> so coming up, ponder this for a minute. How long do you think you could survive in the wilderness? How long do you think you could survive in the wilderness? Are we talking total wilderness or like Motel 6 wilderness? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> We're roughing it. I'm talking the woods and the mountains and the streams and the, the wilderness. Hmm. I don't know. Wow. Probably not very long. I mean, if I'm, I'm just being honest, not very long. I don't think I can make it 24 hours. Yeah. I mean, what do you do? You get thirsty. Yeah. Uh, well, this. <laughs> I'm, check, not, I'm not Bear Grylls. Check this out. I guess maybe people have been watching Bear Grylls too much because, according to a brand new survey, most people say they could make it two weeks. <laughs> what? Yeah. But then they admit they don't even know how to start a fire, and almost none of us could identify poisonous berries and plants if we tried. I mean, I keep hearing the pandemic has given us all new appreciation for the outdoors, but. There's a big difference, y'all, between going for a hike and yeah. surviving those are, in the wilderness. Are, you know what? The guys that answered yesterday are the, are the same guys that go, yeah, I could have six-pack abs if I wanted to. <laughs> if I wanted to. I could survive in the wilderness for two weeks if I wanted to. That's the same guys answered that, that, the abs question the same way they answered. The I know camp, what it was. Though. I know what it was. Because this is men and women answering the survey, mm-hmm. saying they could survive for two weeks in the mm-hmm. wilderness. They're so tired of being cooped up with their families they delusionally think they can survive. Right, they're like, wait, is that an offer? <laughs> can I can I go? With or without the when, kids. When do I go? Now? <laughs> do you have different parts of your house that feel like they're warmer or colder? Are you really sensitive to that? I know I am. I'm cold all the time. So I have evidence that, yes, in fact, my wife is freezing me to death. We'll talk about it next. We're talking about temperatures in your home. Does one of you like to keep the house cooler or hotter than the other? That's the case in our house. Tracy likes it to be cold. 
I'm, on the other hand, freezing to death all the time. I mean, I walk around like uh, yesterday. It was pretty warm outside. Um, I mean, it was like shorts and a T-shirt weather outside. No shoes. You're totally fine. You even step outside and be like, wow, it's really heating up. Inside, it was ice station Kev. I I was walking around. I had on a T-shirt, a sweatshirt, sweatpants, and socks. Tracy, in the meantime, is walking around shorts and a tank top talking about how hot it was and and i finally i ordered on the sly three little digital thermometers indoor thermometers uh from amazon and i set them up around the house yesterday i put one next to where i usually sit when we watch tv at night and i put one on the nightstand right next to our bed so we're watching tv and i'm sitting there freezing to death and tracy's giving me the usual nightly speech about how ridiculous i am that it's not cold it's in fact hot and I said, well, how, how cold do you think it is in this room right now? She goes, I don't know, 72. And I grabbed the thermo- thermometer that was on the, the little end table that she couldn't see. I went, ha ha, you're wrong. It's 67 degrees in here right now. It is so cold. And she's like, it is not. And I said, it is. I ordered a thermometer and here it is. And I showed it to her and she's like, well, you're just ridiculous. Later that night, we go to bed. Our bedroom is possibly the coldest room in the house. I'm constantly complaining. We go to I go to bed. It's the same thing. Socks, sweatpants, long sleeve shirt, three blankets pulled up to my chin. And Tracy will be lying there peeling the blankets off. I'm so hot. And I'll put my hand on her cheek and go, look, my fingers are ice. And she'll go, you're you're just ridiculous. The fact that my body is cold is ridiculous. So I said, how cold do you think it is in here? She goes, you have another thermometer. I said, yep. How cold do you think? She goes, I don't know, 68. It was 65 degrees. I'm sorry. That is too cold for humans to sleep. So I have a burning question from this whole story. What did you accomplish? A smug sense of being right. (laughs) And now it's the same temperature in your house. (laughs) Right. It didn't change. And you're out 20 bucks. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. It was 65 (laughs) degrees and we've got the ceiling fan on full blast. I was just like, what are we trying to accomplish here? What is happening? Your wife is a happy... Well, you always say happy wife, happy life, so bundle oh, up. Apparently my, my house, though, it's happy wife, frozen hubby. So I am really intrigued by this whole thing. Do men run hot, run colder than women do? And apparently in the office... Yeah, you do. In the office setting, it's the exact, uh, exact uh, opposite. True. They're saying yeah, let's that, hope with that. That it is globally. This is like around the world, there is a battle over the office thermostat. I'm always cold here at work. We, you you Always. are you're the uh, opposite or, or no you are you the women are colder than men in the yeah office. I keep a hoodie here in my drawer as a precaution because like you know yeah. I'm wearing short sleeves today which is appropriate for outdoors but not in here they're saying that uh, skin temperature is what it's not your internal temperature it's skin temperature huh. that regulates where you want the thermostat and they're they're saying even though there's no significant difference in temperature between men and women women in the office are colder than than men are. Huh. And they, get this, That's they say that, what do you think they say the perfect office temperature setting is? And by the way, the thermo- thermometer here in the studio, it's stuck on 70.7. Do they say like 75? That's about it. Yeah, they're saying like 73 oh. to 78 degrees. Okay. I can't imagine working in an office where it's set at 78. That would be hot. Yeah. Depending on how much body heat you have in there. Which I'm turning into Goldilocks. <laughs> It's too cold, too hot. <laughs> oh, this is just right. <laughs> Turning into or <laughs> you've been Goldilocks. <laughs> 
You probably heard the big royal news that uh, that Meghan and Harry had their baby girl uh, and named her Lily Beth Diane in honor of the Queen. Yes, that's her nickname, Lily Beth. And, uh, of course, Princess Diana, Harry's mom. Uh, she was born June 4th in Santa Barbara. They're going to call her Lily. And uh, this is kind of interesting. The name Lilibet is the Hebrew version of the name Elizabeth, and it means God's promise. The queen tweeted out the news of the birth of her 11th grandchild. And what's interesting, you know, you think you have family drama. This shifts around who's in line for the throne next. Mm. So this little girl is eighth in line for the throne, but other people got bumped down, Uh you know, bloodline wise. (laughs) The the royal drama continues. (laughs) I'm number eight. (laughs) So Harry and Meghan's uh, new little baby girl, what's her name again? It's Lily Beth. Diane. Lily Beth Diane, mm-hmm. after the Queen Mother and mm-hmm. after uh, Harry's mom, Diana. Yeah. That's cool. It's so meaningful. So many, yeah, so many people have names that have meanings like that. Are you one of those folks that there's a meaning and a story behind your name? We'd love to hear from you. If there's a story behind your name, give us a call. Paula, how did you get your name? Well, my name was actually supposed to be Paul. Oh. But, <laughs> but um, surprise. The Lord had different plans. <laughs> um, my dad's best friend when he was stationed in Korea was Paul David, and that was supposed to be my name. Wow. But that girl thing, kind of, you know, thankfully they, they figured it out. So I am uh, Paula. <laughs> Amy, it's Kevin and Taylor, and we are talking about how'd you get hey. your name? Is there a story behind it? Yes, my mother named me after... Amy on the Secret Storm. It was a soap opera. <laughs> <laughs> was Amy a good character or was Amy uh, mischievous? I think Amy was a character that she liked, but then she didn't realize how popular Amy was. <laughs> and she was always really put out that there were 10 Amy's in every class I was in in the 70s. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> how me and my husband Glenn moved for the first time in a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there's something that I didn't really quite think through when we got this house and now it's it's causing me some angst. Hmm. I'll tell you what's going on next. So you're not feeling buyer's remorse from your new home already? Barely no, been in there. No, no, but there's something when Glenn and I moved recently that I just didn't really fully think through. Um, when we went to go look at the house the first time, I fell in love with the yard, and I loved all the flowers and the trees and the bushes, and I was like, oh, it's so beautiful. Well, it wasn't until, like, I think they handed us the keys that I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm responsible for keeping this stuff alive. (laughs) I can't even keep a basil plant alive on my kitchen table. And so I started getting nervous, and sure enough, I am learning the hard way on certain things. Like, we had these beautiful roses bloom and they're so pretty. And I went to go look at them the other day and I'm like, <gasps> and all the leaves have been eaten. Like there's little <laughs> holes everywhere. Oh, yeah. So last night I'm out in my yard at like nine o'clock at night spraying something I learned about, thanks to Google, uh, called neem oil all over my roses. Mm-hmm. And you got to cover the top of the leaves and the bottom of the leaves because these little, I guess these little bugs eat the leaves. Yep. So, and then I'm going around with fertilizer for all the flowers. I'm just like... You're practically a farmer. I know. And then the other thing that's happening, get this. This is, this is how I will sum up having a yard. 
You try to keep things alive that you want alive, mm-hmm. and you try to kill things that you want dead. Right. That's all it is. That's long. Yeah, and right we've got this maple tree that has the most incredible reproductive system I've ever seen. And I've got little baby maple trees trying to grow all over the place. <laughs> and you don't want them. No. So I'm just, I'm a little overwhelmed right now, I'll have to admit. I feel like I've got like... So much work ahead of me. Sounds like you need to do some of that. um, I've seen you use this technique before Mm. on me. What? You should use this on your husband. Glenn, you are so much better at yard work than I am. (laughs) I mean, you just, I I never really appreciated that much. And we'll go like, oh, I got it. I got it. I'll do it. (laughs) That's what he is with the lawn, but so far he's left the the. Should be like, man, I bet you bushes to me. You would do so much better with this than me. (laughs) I'm just a silly girl. What do I know? Oh, <laughs> and he would be as like, if I would say that. He would. No, no, I'm saying use it to I'm your advantage. Just a silly. Girl. Use it to your advantage, right. and then we'll go. Here I am, your big strong man. I got this. Let me add those roses. He did go buy the neem oil and the fertilizer for me. See, because I'm not in love with going to the. What is it called? Like the lawn department? A hardware store? Yeah, the, whatever. <laughs> the garden store? I don't like going there because I'm a silly girl. Stop. <laughs> It's wild to see what retailers are seeing fly off store shelves now that the pandemic is winding down. One of the biggest items that is selling like hotcakes, you could have given me 20 guesses, Kev. Okay. And I wouldn't have gotten this right. Mm, Flying off shelves. Think about lifestyle changes now that the pandemic is winding down. Sunscreen? No? Good guess. Alarm clocks. I thought everybody uses their phone for an alarm clock. Walmart has sold twice as many alarm clocks compared to a month ago. We've been stocking up on deodorant. Did you guys not wear deodorant when you were working from home? Your poor family. Sales of luggage up 400% compared to last year. We're buying teeth whitening strips. I guess we didn't care about yellow teeth on Zoom. Party supplies. Yay, I'm so excited about parties coming back. Razors and other shaving products uh, for men and women. And new clothing, especially warm weather clothes, are all flying off the store shelves now that the warm Warm weather. weather? Yeah, it's for summer. Summer travel, summer fun. I'm sorry. Yeah. I was thinking the exact opposite. Oh, yeah. Not clothes to keep you warm in the winter, but clothes like shorts and t-shirts and stuff like that. I got it. Yeah. Hey, this is your guarantee to put you in a good mood story of the day. Do you know what to do if someone is choking? You you might if you've taken a CPR course. They teach the Heimlich. Mm-hmm. Well, this young couple panicked when their newborn started to choke. They called 911 and a rookie police officer, Cody Hubbard, responded and knew exactly what to do. He's only 23 years old. And he saved this little three-week-old little boy, Grady, saved his life. The hardest part in this job is to not show your emotions. And so even though on camera I seemed calm, uh, I can promise you on the inside I was freaking out. But it was definitely <laughs> life-changing. Yeah, the whole rescue was caught on his you know, body cam. And uh, Officer Hubbard himself is a dad of a baby girl. Mm. And he felt like his interactions with her... Helped him because every once in a while she's, you know, choked a little bit on her formula or something like that. But he does. He seems so calm. And for him to say he was freaking out inside, I was like, no way. But I thought he was a rock. Kind of goes with the job in a variety of situations. They're supposed to be stoic no matter what's Mm -hmm. going on, right? And they're human beings on the inside. Yeah, I totally get that.
Wouldn't you say one of the funnest parts about going on vacation is learning about new places, new things, things you never would have learned if you had just stayed in your house? Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about that next. Wouldn't you say one of the best parts about vacation is experiencing new things, learning new things, and you're in that vacation mode, so everything is like, you're well-rested, so you're really interested. I was going to say, it's yeah, like, spe- especially if you're experiencing and learning those things after 10 a.m. Yes, because <laughs> you've had you some sleep. Yes, yeah. yeah, so um, you, you may have heard us talking about it on the show. My husband took me on vacation, and we went whale-watching for the first time in our lives, and there was one specific day where we went on a whale tour and we sat right behind the boat captain on the top of the boat and um, he was teaching us all about whales and he knew where these three generations of humpback whales hang out. Hmm. They call the mom Big Mama. She's the grandma. (laughs) And then her daughter and then there was a calf with them. And I'm telling you something about being out on the water and hearing the blowholes. Mm -hmm. Like they come to surface and you hear that you're like, wow. And then the whales did this thing that I learned is called breach. And that's when they jump out of the water. And I actually caught a breach on camera no with my iPhone. What was that like? I mean, oh, what, it was what are the, emotions the thrill like of a lifetime. Oh, my gosh. You just like I grabbed Glenn like, oh, my gosh. Like you just <laughs> part of me. I will say I really wanted to see a killer whale, which is the orcas. They're the cute. I think they're cute. The black and white ones. Uh-huh. We saw humpbacks, which my husband said was way more thrilling because they're way bigger. But here's what I learned that I never would have known before. I hadn't gone whale watching. Did you know that in high-end perfumes, one of the main ingredients is whale snot? (laughs) Apparently, it holds the fragrance longer on your skin. So there was this guy, a whale booger washed up on shore. He's like, huh, this is kind of slimy and gross. wonder what this is. Wonder, It was worth... He got $200,000 for this whale booger. I was going to say, how do they harvest the uh, whale mucus? The mucus. I'm not sure. I I know that they can find boogers floating in the water or washing up on shore. So that's always a good thing. I'm just (laughs) glad our boat didn't get close enough for any whale snot to get on us. I would have flipped out. So you're walking along the beach and that's your job. Mm-hmm. Is to find those. Find the whale burger, boogers. Right. That's a jellyfish. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but I have a new view of perfume. And my husband had a great question. He's like, who decides this stuff? Who decides, you know what we really need in this perfume? Mm-hmm. We need some whale snot in it. Mm. And it'll be impeccable. So people, bizarre. People at a higher pay grade than us. <laughs> Are these free range whales? <laughs> Do you adjust how you drive? depending on who is a passenger in your car. You ever do that? I've done it before. Someone driving with you and you're like, oh, I know they they don't like fast driving or they don't like somebody going really slow. I adjusted my driving the other day for my wife. Tell you about it next. Went on a road trip with my wife. Everybody that loves going on a road trip, right? I love getting behind the wheel, heading out on the highway. Nothing like it. Get my snacks ready to go. You know, I'm just like, I get a playlist ready to go. I just love a good road trip. But I do have to admit, I adjust my driving when my wife is in the car. Yeah. She does not like fast driving. She does not like what she calls tailgating. I say it's just a good space between me and the next car. She says it's tailgating. Oh, boy. Um, so I adjust my driving, and I not only not only did I slow down, I thought, don't even get in 
the fast lane, you know, the lane all the way over to oh, the left. Oh, wow. That's don't, big for you. Don't even go over there unless mm-hmm. you're passing somebody. Just stay in the, the slower lanes for the, the duration of this road trip. Whatever you think you should be going speed-wise, knock like four miles an hour off of that and set the cruise control. So I did. I was like, I was driving like a grandpa. I was driving like a guy 20 years older than I am. And it uh, still didn't work. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. It was still too fast for her? It was like, situationally, things would come up. And she'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Did you see him? Oh, (laughs) my goodness. Constant running dialogue. Have you ever thought of, like, just letting her drive? Uh, Yeah. Because a lot of my sister does that. that She drives. Well, and it's probably because of how every husband in the world presents it. It's never like, hey, you want to drive? It's in the middle of the trip and go, like, well, why don't you drive then? so good at it <laughs> and then she gets the speech of how if i was half a bad a driver as she says i am why isn't my car got dents and dings all over it so <laughs> so yeah we have had that conversation before oh, wow yeah i guess well. it needs to be in a calm setting yeah, it makes for a long road trip do you like it when your family or friends take you to a restaurant for your birthday and they ask the waiter or waitress to sing happy birthday to you <laughs> um my husband glenn and i don't do that to each other because Uh, It just kind of gets us all squeamish to have the whole restaurant looking at us. Uh, Well, Jerry was celebrating his birthday at Cracker Barrel, and his uncle loves embarrassing people. And boy, could their waitress, Miranda, sing. Check this out. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Jerry. She's like Christina Aguilera, she was awesome. like all over. She had all the runs the, going. The dude that was singing, though, stop! I want to hear her. <laughs> she was so good that when she finished, someone said, "Jerry, did you just fall in love?" <laughs> they uploaded it to TikTok, and it's gotten millions and millions of views. I bet. I wonder if someone's going to give her a chance on like The Voice or American Idol or something. No, but people, Miranda's I good. everybody with a birthday is coming to that restaurant. <laughs> yeah, can yeah. I sit at Miranda's table, please? Okay, so I don't know if you've noticed this, but there'll be like what people are pontificating as a wise saying like, wow, yeah, I'm going to click like on that meme. Yeah. <laughs> and then when you really think about it, you're like, that's actually kind of dumb. <laughs> and uh, there's quite a few like this one. Flattery will get you nowhere. Actually, it's pretty effective sometimes. Just try buttering up your do- your boss once in a while. Did you get your hair cut? Looks good. Um, you'll sleep like a baby. That is one of the dumbest phrases ever. Babies are notorious for not sleeping right. well. Waking up at 3 o'clock yes, in the morning. Yes, just right? talk to my friend yeah. Kim Fitz. Her little baby girl won't sleep through That's the night. True. and She's That's about so to true. lose her mind. That is so true. Yes. Now, this one you've commented on, Kev. Uh, a wise saying that's actually kind of dumb. It's that phrase, um, money doesn't buy happiness. It sure solves a lot of problems. It sure does. Makes the rough edges a lot smoother. I've gone with, without, and everything mm-hmm. in between. Me too. And having the rough edges smoothed out makes life a lot more yes. pleasant. I will say the one that's from the Bible that is absolutely true is it is better to give than to receive. I will say that. But uh, here's the last wise saying that can actually be pretty dumb sometimes. Yeah. This is what a lot of teachers say. 
There are no stupid questions. Now, I agree with that for children. But when you're at the very end of a Zoom call that's mm-hmm. about to wrap up and someone right. comes up with one more question, right. that, my friend, is a dumb question. Right. I just blanketly say there are. There, <laughs> Zoom meetings, all kinds of situations. Yes. Yeah. There are dumb questions. Mm-hmm. And, so that's, and that's okay. Not every wise <laughs> saying is exactly is as wise super as wise. As people think there are, right? So you know how our producer Griffin has shared, been very open with us that his daughter Eloise, I call her Ellie Bell, Ellie, mm-hmm. uh, she's kind of taken on dad's introvertedness yeah. mm-hmm. quite a bit. Well, yes. she had her first on stage performance last night Ooh. and they were really worried about it, you know, <laughs> just in case the introvertedness came out. Right. We'll find out how it went next. So, Griff, you had a performance in the family last night. What what was going on? We did, yes. My daughter, Eloise, she's four. She had her first dance recital. Oh, that's big. She does ballet. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's been doing it for a few months. And yeah, last night was the big night. Did she have to wear a tutu? Oh, it does the tutu. The tutu, the tights, the the shoes, the whole bit. The hair is in a special bun and stuff. And yeah, she looked great. It was awesome. Has Sarah turned into dance mom, by the way, yet? Not yet. Not yet. I'm sure it's coming, <laughs> it's coming if we keep up with this. Yeah. But we were kind of concerned about her because she can be kind of quiet and introverted and uh, yeah, just wants to kind of stay connected to mommy or daddy all the time. Um, but the time came, her moment, her dance, and she did great. She came out on the stage. She looked really serious. She was focused. Very focused. Game day. I mean, you know, they have these bright lights on her. And you can tell she's trying to look out in the crowd to find us, to make uh-huh. eye contact with us, just to make sure we're there. Yeah. And I don't think she could really see us because of the oh, bright lights. that's disconcerting for anyone, let alone a four-year-old. Right. So she just kind of had this serious look on her face. And my wife and I, you know, we know her. We were wondering, is she? it seemed like she was kind of teetering, like Uh-oh. she could possibly break down any second oh, now. Gosh. But she didn't. And you know, at that age, they the whole time, they still, the teacher off to the side kind of mimics the dance. Yeah. And the mm-hmm. girls just kind of do what the teacher does. And Eloise was locked in on the teacher for the most part and like followed instructions incredibly, did the dance so well. Aww. We were so proud of her. It was awesome. That is so cool. But then, of course, true to form, at the end, they have to go back out on stage and uh, do a final bow or whatever, yeah. uh-huh. and everyone claps. Um, my daughter, Eloise, was the only kid out of like 30 kids there who didn't want to go back up on stage and Aww. do the bow. Aww. The teacher had to pick her up because she was, <laughs> at that point, she was ready to break down and cry. Oh, she was, I think, had enough. I'm but, glad uh, yeah. the teacher was sensitive enough to oh, recognize yeah. that. She's probably stuff. like, if you could translate her emotions, she'd be like, I was brave. I went out there. I'm not going back right. out there right. again. She already had a drop the mic moment. Right. <laughs> Think back to probably one of the dumbest thing you did to impress a woman or impress a man. We're going to talk about that next. Okay, so think back. You may have to go all the way back to like third grade, but what is the dumbest thing you did to impress a boy or a girl? Um, Man, it'd be better to ask my wife that pertaining to me. Yeah. Some dumb stuff. I had a guy when I was in fifth grade, he used to pull my hair all the time. And I thought he was so mean. And my mom tried to teach me, no, that means he likes you. And I, I could not comprehend how that works. But uh, this is quite the story. This guy, um, he takes his his girlfriend, this date. They were had just started dating. Okay. 
takes her out to this fancy schmancy restaurant, orders up appetizers and the main course and the dessert and just wines her and dines her. The bill comes to $289. And then he gave the waitress to impress his date a $100 tip. No kidding. So he walks his date out to the car and he's like, hey, babe, I'll be back in just a minute. He comes back into the restaurant. He's like, hey, listen, I got to reduce that tip. (laughs) And he wanted to go from 100 bucks to only 20 bucks, which is a 7% tip. And the server was like, no, you gave me that money. It was like this thing. And he was being like very rude about it. And he kind of stormed back out of the restaurant. So this waitress, she couldn't resist. She ran out to the car and she knocked on the window. They hadn't pulled out yet. And she goes, sir, um, hey, listen, if you want to reduce your tip from $100 to only $20, we can do that for you. You just need to sign a a new receipt. (laughs) (laughs) And the girlfriend heard the whole thing. <gasps> so, yeah, depending on what you've done, that's probably one of the dumbest things people have, someone's ever done to impress a date. Well, at least she learned out, learned who he was <laughs> Right at the beginning, right? yeah. So I think that story you just shared with us about the uh, the tip that the guy gave, 100 bucks, and then wanted to, on the sly, take it back. That hit home with me because my wife was a, she was a server, for a long mm-hmm. time, and then um, my uh, daughters who worked in the you know restaurants, and they were servers too. And if you ever wonder, do do they talk about you and how much you do or don't tip? Yes, they do. Ooh. Yes, they do. And um, man, they work so hard. Yes, I know they back, do. back when my wife was um, when she was a server, the hourly wage was like nothing. Mm-hmm. They were like, oh, yeah. no, you make tips. So was, I think it's a lot like that still. It was like $2 an hour, something like that. So it was all tip money that mm-hmm. she was getting. And I loved it when she had that job because I was young and broke and had no money. And there were some times where I was like, all I had in the fridge was a loaf of bread and mayonnaise. <laughs> and that was it. Aww. Had the jam sandwiches. And she'd say, oh, just drop by. I'll drop by while I'm working tonight. And I'll, I'll, I'll feed you. Oh, how nice! And she would say, "Yeah, she would. She would buy me dinner where she was where wow. she was working." So, uh, man, if you're going to tip a server a hundred bucks, don't walk back into the restaurant no. and say, "Can I uh, reduce that?" Not to, good. Uh, Twenty dollars. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon intelligence agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.